welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Write Right Podcast, your weekly pep talk for living the writing life. I am Elon. I am John. I'm Craig. And I'm Elena. And today we're going to talk about where we write. Um, there's kind of like a running joke that, uh, I mean, it, it's gone so far as to be in Family Guy about like writers writing at cafes, uh, because because we are incredible egomaniacs and must be seen writing in order to be productive. Uh, that's the joke, which is, it, I mean, honestly, it's kind of hilarious, but, um, I, I didn't know that that was the reason for the joke, but that kind really of makes funny. me feel sad about myself. No, 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 it's great. It's great. It's great. It's so great. That must so be the Brian episode. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> the one where he's like, you, you got that novel you were going to, you got a good, uh, beginning, middle, and ending. Protagonist is, uh, richer for the experience. Yeah, that is like one of my favorite Family Guy bits. It's, uh, it's epic. But but actual like seriously, I find cafes to be super productive places for me to write. Um, there's something about the level of noise and the kind of noise. It's it's better than just some kind of white noise generator or anything for me because there's there's activity in it and it distracts a part of my brain that would be looking outside for stuff to to do that isn't right. Um, do you guys write in cafes? Do you have a special place to write? Can you not write in cafes? Are there? Yeah, let's 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 start with that. How do how about cafes and you? Sorry, I'm just distracted by my cats running back and forth. Bounding around. Um, I I can generally write anywhere. Um, I do have a bunch of cafes where, for some reason, I just cannot write. Like, give me a migraine to even be there. Um, John is chuckling because for some reason, at one of the Starbucks, there's a man in a cowboy hat and his wife. For some reason, I see them and I start getting a migraine. I don't have to see them in Starbucks. I see them anywhere. I start getting a migraine. No idea why. What's really funny? That sounds is, like a writing prompt. Yeah, like what's really funny is the guy looks just like Robert Jordan. No the, way. He's <laughs> like a like he a has bearded the man. cap and he's got the beard and like it. It like I was like, is I know he's not alive anymore, so it can't be him. But it's like if Robert Jordan were here in Winnipeg. Yeah, it's there like Robert Gordon, his his evil twin. Maybe he has a family member who lives up here. Who knows? So basically, up in lovely Winnipeg. Yeah, as long as that guy's not around, I can write. <laughs> so he's like your anti-totem. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as there's no dudes in cowboy hats, you're good. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those writers who is enchanted by Starbucks. Um, I. Fine, there's few I can't write at, but I I got this sort of sense of where all the different Starbucks are here, and and I don't know what to call it, but it's sort of like a little gut intuition that it's like, I feel this energy, and I see this one specific Starbucks, and I decide I'm going there. And, I mean, I can write at home. Uh, I, I often put kind of like humidifier recordings on and create this nice ambiance in my... Craig, office. Craig is shaking his head and rolling his eyes. I want the listeners to know that that <laughs> <just> happened. <laughs> Eight-hour fire recording. It's I don't know. It helps him relax. But what <laughs> I find strange is the guy that has this on YouTube has like all these eight-hour videos of sounds, and one of them is a chainsaw. Like eight hours are <laughs> different strokes, different. Yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel like maybe I could write to that. <laughs> 
depends on the scene, you know? <laughs> yeah. Horror novel, and I really need to get into this scene. It's actually, it's funny, because I'm, I'm writing a horror short story, and I'm almost finished with it, and I find that when I'm best at putting these thoughts to paper is listening to horror movie soundtracks. Mm. Um, and I was listening to a genre of music called Slipstream, which is kind of like a resurrected 80s. It's the soundtrack of Stranger Things, basically. If you've seen Stranger Things, you know <laughs> this genre. Yes. It's not called Slipstream. It's called something else. Synthwave. Slipstream is a is a literary genre. Synthwave is what I'm thinking of. Um, ah, and, like, oh, I've never heard of that. Yes. When I was listening to it, I could. I was like writing. I tried to write something and ended up writing a story about someone like punching the moon. Like it, I was like, oh, someone got like pissed and jumped into the sky and punched the moon, and all of the Nazis back in time were dead. Like it was a stupid story that only could have been written to the sounds of like epic '80s nonsense music. Yeah, that I did. That's work. well. <laughs> I, I think music is as much a part of the place that I'm writing as the physical space that I'm in. Like there are certain, if I get into a certain groove with one song, I then put that song on repeat until I'm done with that groove until it feels completed. And can that happen um, anywhere for you? Uh, it can. Um, so I, with me in cafes, like there's, I have this one Starbucks that I go to a lot just because I really like the corner that it's at. And it's just a nice little, I've, I've written a lot of good stuff in there for whatever reason. Um, but my biggest thing has been going to like smaller cafes, ones that are like more local, um, which probably makes me sound like a total hipster, but whatever, they're cute and adorable and I like them. Um, but my favorite one is I, I'm totally giving them a shameless plug and I don't even care. There's one in Philadelphia that if any writers ever come to Philly, go to chapter house. It is cutest, nicest little cafe, but it's, it's actually really big. It's got like, it's got different spaces. Like they have a basement that has like a fireplace and like cool exposed brick and concrete and cute tables and my creative energy is just off the charts anytime I ever go in there um but I don't know for me the atmosphere of of a cafe is really important like I, I like what you were saying Elon about how it has to have like a certain kind of energy of like you know busyness but not too much um like I tried one time I went into this place near me it's like a, a smoothie cafe and I was like oh it's really cute in there you know I'll go get a smoothie and you know be productive but they play like this it's good music but it's it's loud Caribbean music and so I'm like this is great if I'm hanging with my friends but not so conducive if I'm trying to write so <clears throat> it's like you kind of have to like pick your battles of like what kind of mood am I in today sometimes I want to be around a busier atmosphere sometimes I have to write in my room. And if I'm not at home, I can't write. It's like really weird figuring out where my energy's at for the day. But you know, if, if I'm not in a cafe, I'm in my room with my desk set up all pretty. I used to be able to write in my room and at home. Uh, but over the last, I don't know, maybe like a year and a half, maybe even more, I've kind of lost the ability to write at home. I just I like get distracted. There's lots of stuff to do. I'll start cleaning things or uh, playing video games or whatever it is that distracts me. Um, and I've mentioned this on the podcast probably a dozen times now, but one of the places I'm most productive as a writer is on the train to and from Ooh, work yeah. in the morning on my phone, um, which like I have Scrivener on my phone and I can load up any of my writing projects and I just like I go and it's really weird 
and I don't want to have to take the train everywhere if I want to write. Like I, I, I kind of want to be able to recreate that that environment. I, I, there's just like a press of people, and I vanish between shoulders because I'm a short person, so like no one can see my head. Um, and then I just I type away on my phone, and everything everything's good. Um, there's a cafe up the street for me that's really nice, and it 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 doesn't have like a like a ventilation system that makes sense, so it always <laughs> feels like you're inside of either like a sweaty jungle or on the surface of the sun. <laughs> but uh it's also a really good environment to write in because there's like usually 60 people in there working on computers um so there's kind of this like this community of creatives or people who are being productive like it's the opposite of going to a library for me which i find i have a really hard time writing in um because of I, i'm putting so much attention on being silent and keeping small um but when i don't have to think about that i can just kind of like zone out and write um i think one thing for me is also you kind of mentioned this is just like the physical space of the place like i i find that the places i write best are big open spaces mm. where i have a lot of room to kind of put my notes put my coffee put my computer and and then just also have space that's like open around me because the the one i mentioned that i go to has really big windows so a lot of times they'll sit near there and when I, I was living in a different apartment last year and I had a really hard time getting writing done in that apartment because my desk was facing a wall. But this new apartment I'm in, I'm on the 11th floor looking out over the city. And so it's kind of like, even though I'm in my apartment, I have this huge expansive view before me. And so it kind of like makes it feel like the space is more open than it actually is. And that kind of helps my creativity for sure wander a bit more. That, that kind of that kind of segues into another thing that I wanted to talk about, which was um, getting into a creative space kind of anywhere. Um, one of my favorite stories Brandon Sanderson has ever told uh, at one of his readings was about how he learned to write in the in-between spaces when he was busy. Um, he held a lot of jobs as a younger man, and he said that he would frequently get like 15, 20-minute breaks, and he would be able to write 100, 200, 300 words um, during those breaks and he would just have a notebook with him and he would be productive during those times. Um, and it sort of brings up this idea of like, should you train yourself to learn how to write anywhere? Do you prefer having a kind of ritual about it where you write in a specific zone, a specific location at a specific time? Or, um, do you already have things that create a certain atmosphere for you? I guess I can jump in if no one else is going to. Um, I do write on my lunch break at work. Uh, so I, I am able to jump into it there. I can't quite do the, you know, two, three minutes there, five minutes there. Um, I do need some time to settle down into like the appropriate headspace. I don't really need like a ritual in terms of a certain place, a certain beverage. Um, Cause I know like some authors, they need that to get in the headspace. For me, it's just, I need to know that I can be reasonably uninterrupted for at least half an hour. I think half an hour is my minimum. So if I can do half an hour or more, then I can sit down and write pretty much right away. Um, but if I, if I have no guarantee of time, then I find it really hard to get focused and to start. I'm actually the same way with that. Like if I, if whenever I do word sprints, like some people be like, Oh, let's go for 10 minutes. And I'm just like, no, I need 30. Like 30 is how I'll be productive. If I have 10 minutes, I'm just going to be, so looking at the clock of like, up, oh, is it over? Is it over? That I won't actually focus on anything. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. feel that. I think it depends on what you do uh, 
with your other time, your non-writing time. Um, when I used to study math, I mean, I was I was in classes and doing math problems all day long, sometimes tutoring, and I was able to write um, Thousand Roads, the book I'm working on now. When I was working on the draft, I had the manuscript open all day, and every single spare moment I had, I'd open it up and sometimes write 50 words. Because for me, it was like my head was in that story the entire time. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was something about, I, I, you know, I might just be that math is a totally different part of my brain and it, they didn't compete with each other. Um, right now, uh, I spend most of my work days editing and I cannot for the life of me switch between the two. I find when I get into writing, then it's hard for me to get back into editing and uh, vice versa. So I've had to just batch it to weekends for writing and then weekdays for other work. So how do you divide those days? Like if you spend all day of a weekend day writing, how does that, what does that look like for you? Well, the, what, it's more of an intention. So what happens is come Friday, it's like I, I flick a switch. And if I have any editing work, everyone who, uh, who I work for knows I don't work on the weekends. They know I write. So I know there's, there's no editing. If I have editing projects, any loose ends, they just stop until I reach my milestone Monday and I submit my pages for the week. Um, so usually I write a lot on Sunday, like tomorrow I'll probably write for between five and eight hours sort of throughout the day. Um, I try to get started on Saturday, but Saturday is usually a bit more of a social relaxing day. I do my weekly planning, all that kind of stuff. So, so it, it's more just like I enter this headspace where the story, I, I get into the story, like I've already gone over my notes for the weekend and I know where I'm going to roughly go by the time Monday comes. And I get in there and then sort of it's it's like it's like putting something on the stove. It's cooking now and, <laughs> and, and you know, it'll when it's done, then I'll switch off to the next thing. I like Monday. that. I like that metaphor uh, talking about it in terms of cooking, because the way you said you sort of had your manuscript open all day. Uh, I do the same at work um, and the stories wh when I'm working on a story and I'm fully invested in it, I kind of keep it on a low simmer all the time. It takes mm -hmm. me more than just like a few seconds to get back into it, but I can't, I like can't stop thinking about it. And so like I'm working on this horror story and through my head, like all day, every day was like, you know, people chewing on eyeballs. It was like really weird and kind of gross, but like until I wrote that moment, I kept thinking about that. And I finally, like, I wrote that part of the story, and then that vision left, and this other vision started bothering me um, that is, like, the big, uh, sort of, like, the climax of the story. Um, but... Yeah, I have that problem, too, where, like, I'll just constantly at work, like, if I, because I can't turn my brain off to the book that I've been working on, and I'll just, like, I remember, and I even did this when I was in high school, and I had my job at a movie theater, because I worked in the concession stand, or the um, the box office, and so on days when we were slow, I would, like, press the button so it would print out, like, a strip of, like, blank receipt, and I would take notes on the receipts, and then take them home and have to put it into an actual notebook. Nice. And... Like now I, I do that sometimes where like I'll I'll be I'll get an idea when I'm at work and I just grab one of my manager's business cards. And I'm like, oh, let me write this down. I remember this for later. So, yeah, I definitely that happens to me a lot. I was using a, my, my phone for that. I um I learned about an exercise that uh, one of the uh, MFA programs, the creative writing MFA programs in my area does, which is it has students uh, take a notebook with them everywhere they go. 
and uh, write like single paragraph or multi-paragraph observations of people um, and using like things they see out in the world as writing prompts. Um, and I started that practice just like as an interesting force of habit and it changed the way I looked at the world, but it also made me prepared to, to be creative at pretty much any time. Like there was, there was one instance where uh, the sunset was like particularly beautiful and we came out of a tunnel into like the full view of the sunset and the entire train car I was on, everyone put their phones down and silently looked at the sunset together. And it was a surreal moment that I had not expected um, because it was like everyone in the train car stopped looking at their devices or books or anything and just looked at the sunset. Um, mm. And it was kind of magical and beautiful. Um, and so as soon as we passed out of that weird like moment, I pulled my phone out and immediately started writing. And it wasn't even about that. It was just about the idea that something could arrest the attention of so many people um, in not a negative way. Like it wasn't something that frightened us. It was something that sort of filled us with awe um, and like a, yeah, like a I, contemplative silence on the train car. There really is something to be said, I think about like about what you were talking about with trains and like writing as you're traveling. Like I, for some reason, I, I have a very difficult time connecting my creative brain to my phone. Um, so I can never really like take notes on my phone or write on my phone. I'm always just like, no, this is a text message. What am I doing? Um, but I do like to carry notebooks with me when I'm on the train. And, and I think that's one of the reasons I like going to cafes because I get both of those experiences because the, on the way there, I get this experience of, okay, I am traveling to a place. I am seeing different things. I'm passing different people. And it kind of gets the creative energy to a good place so that by the time I arrive at said cafe or wherever it is I'm going, my brain is sort of already in that creative mindset of, okay, now I'm going to focus and think about what I just experienced. So it, it, trains have kind of always been a really big part of my creative process. It calls to mind this thing that I see a lot of uh, like traditional fine artists do. Um, I, it, I'm starting to just like in my life as a creative person, see uh, like a lack of separation between the physical creative arts and writing. Um, I'm, I'm just realizing that a lot of those muscles are the same, but uh like I'll see people on the train every single day sketching um, and they're sketching people that they're looking at. And there's some weird kind of like understanding among people on the train and artists whereby you can sketch me. It's fine. Like I've never seen anyone get upset about finding out that they're being sketched by a random artist on the train. Um, and I see it almost every day. And the exercise that I was doing is no different. Um, and I, I suppose that thinking about it that way might be really helpful because I, I tend like overthinking the words that I'm using in the moment uh, is why I can't write fast. But when I forget to do that and I just sort of get down the bones and I'm like, okay, this is the structure of the thing. This is a loose sketch of what I'm trying to convey. I find that it's much more, uh, it has a greater impact on my creative ability and probably on the end product. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm in a hate everything I write mode right now. So maybe it's, maybe it's all garbage, but maybe it's all good too. I don't know. Um, I did want to ask a question going back to cafes of everybody. And this is kind of like a pragmatic, practical thing. When you are at a cafe, say you want to spend the next four hours at a cafe. Do you buy a drink and a snack at the beginning? Do you buy one in the middle too? Like how much is it okay to sit at a, like how long is okay Excuse me, how long is it okay to sit at a cafe without buying stuff? 
I try to stagger it. Um, like I'll usually get like whether I'll kind of weigh my options of, okay, do I need caffeine to kick my brain into gear or am I hungry right now? And I'll get like, you know, either a brownie or I'll get a coffee and then I'll wait a couple hours. Cause usually when I go to cafes, I'm going because I plan to settle in for a bit. Uh, I don't think I've ever gone to write in a cafe with the intention of only being there for like 30 minutes to an hour. It's always like, this is a long haul I'm here for. And so I think it's, you know, I want to, I don't want to seem like that person who's like too broke to be here. So I'm like, let me get one really cheap thing and then get another cheap thing three hours later, rather than just like spending it all up front. Yeah. I, um, I used to spend a long time in cafes. Uh, like I'm, I like Elena. I, I also prefer to be there for longer if I'm going to write now, now I often will go just for a couple hours. It's not like an all day thing. And, um, my favorite thing to get, I guess it's become like a ritual, is a Komodo Dragon French press. And so that, that costs enough that I feel like if I get that and then I stay there for a good uh, between two and four hours, usually I don't go, it's closer to three hours by the time I, I relocate. Um, I don't feel guilty. Uh, but when I've spent all day there, I kind of treat it like I'm renting a space. So <laughs> I'll get some of the food, even though I don't really need a cookie. I'll, I'll get I'll get a cookie and it's kind of like well I'm staying here and I'm working all day and and using their using up this table that other customers could use so so it's more of just an ethical thing. Um, for myself, I have poor impulse control, so when I get to Starbucks or one of my other places that I go to, I have to get a drink and a sweet thing as soon as I get in. Like I can't wait. So I have that right away. Um, I do go on the cheap side. So for the drink, I always get decaf coffee or decaf Americano, depending on where I am. Um, and then I'll have some sort of sweet thing. But I generally can't stay in one place for more than two hours or so. Sometimes I can push it past two hours, but I can't really focus more than two hours. So I don't feel, I don't feel obligated to spend more money, but I'm not spending all that much time there. Um, yeah. That makes sense. I love it though. There's one cafe that I go to. It's like, it's such a, oh, it's the most amazing little creative place. Cause it's like a nerd cafe, basically. Like they have like an R2D2 trash can, um, like Dr. Who art on the walls. And um, they also serve butterbeer. Um, nice. And so when I first went in there, I tried the cold one and that was really good. But I recently found out they have hot butter beer and they do a thing where if you order like more than one of the same thing while you're there, you get a discount on the next one. So like I got a hot butter beer. It was like five dollars. And, you know, I was there for so long and it was just so outrageously good that I was like, OK, I need to get another one of these. And they go up and I'm like, can I get another butter beer? And he's just like, oh, yeah, you get 10 percent off this one. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's really nice. That's a good. Makes that's a good me way come to keep back again. Like, yeah, that's, I yeah. feel like local cafes do a lot more stuff like that, and that's I think why I like them as opposed to Starbucks. But I think people who like just hate on Starbucks because they're a chain, it's like, come on, there's so many other things you could put your energy into. Like, I think that the Starbucks vibe is very calculated. Um, I mean, obviously they're a company with with magnificent resources and reach so they can test these things and they have designed their cafes a very specific way to foster this kind of like quiet contemplative semi-active zone and it's why when you walk yeah. into almost every starbucks you get a similar vibe mm -hmm. um and 
they know, I mean, I, I assume, I, I just as a person who works in marketing and has been in several corporations, like <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing by creating that environment. Oh, yeah. um, the chairs have to be certain kind of comfort, not too comfortable or else you'll fall asleep in them. The tables have to be a certain height, like so many tiny details get, get focused on in these spaces uh, to create an environment that people that will want to hang out in because, you know, I mean, they, they do, every Starbucks does a brisk business every day. People come in and go out, but people who stay uh, tend to buy more than one thing. Um, so they presumably want to keep some people in there. Um, so they do so by creating a really welcoming environment. Uh, we're we're actually just at time now, so I wanted to close with our recommended reading and our assignment uh, prompt thing that we usually do. Uh, John has our recommended reading, and I've got the assignment. So, John? All right. So the recommended reading is uh, Stephen King's On Writing book. Um, if I mean, it's a good chance you've already read it if you're a writer, because I know it comes highly recommended every, every time I talk to writers. But um, this book I thought of just because... Stephen King kind of gets into the the choice of where you write. He talks about it. He talks about where your creative ideas coming come from as being sort of like this basement. That's at least where he visualizes the place where he writes. And it's not a physical place, but you have to choose your writing space in such a way that you're able to get to your own uh, otherworldly place where the stories come to you and where they happen. I just thought it was, it's such a great metaphor. And I personally relate to that because it's not for me about where I write so much as trying to create that magic in a sense. So it's a it's a great book for many other reasons, but that is one one thing I'd recommend it for for this episode. Fantastic. So that is Stephen King's On Writing. It will be in the liner notes, but you probably won't forget the title um, or the author. Uh, the assignment uh, is to try to switch up uh, like a key part of your of your writing habit or pattern. Uh, if that happens to be switching up where you write, uh, try to write. If you don't like writing in cafes, try going to a cafe. If you do like cafes, try somewhere quieter. If you like libraries, why do you like libraries? Um, or something else about it. Like if you write with pencil, switch to pen. If you're with pen, switch to pencil or computer or vice versa, the way Elena said. Um, so that that's your assignment. Go forth and make a change. Uh, and then take notes about what worked and what didn't, um, and see if uh, see if maybe changing something up uh, is helpful to you. Uh, join us next week. We will be talking about uh, whether or not you're ready to publish. It's a tough call to make, but uh, but we have some people here who've published, <laughs> and and they they can they can help uh, with that determination. So thank you for joining us, podcasters and listeners. We will see you next time. Boop.